Hello everyone, you're listening to the Writing Wall Podcast, and yes, it's Wednesday, it's Writerly Wednesday, and we're doing our Writing Corner special right here just for you. Full-length podcasts and episodes air every second and fourth Saturday of the month at 6 p.m. here on Anchor, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, and more. If you'd like to learn more about the podcast, please follow me on Twitter and Instagram using the Twitter handle at the Writing Wall and on Instagram at WritingsOnTheWall85. everyone and welcome to this special edition of the Writing Wall podcast on this Writerly Wednesday. We hope that your week is going great so far and with school recently back in session either at home or in the classroom and summer reading programs over I thought I would go ahead and share with you some of my top favorite children's authors on Instagram and Twitter. So my very first promo is going to be for Kelly Ann Charlson and she's on Instagram. She's the author of children's books, A Nanny, aspiring foster mom, lover of literature, and is usually daydreaming, she says, about wolves and a house in the woods. Her books are available by going to her website, https semicolon forward slash forward slash kelly dash and dash charlson dash expressions dot square dot site forward slash books. Her latest book is titled The Pine Cone, and it's the latest in a series of books that help children to understand tough topics. And all of her links, all the author's links that are mentioned this evening, will be on the blog tomorrow morning. The next author I'm going to mention is Allison Klakovich also known as Allison Clack on Instagram. You can find this published author, writer, and podcaster, and book reviewer using the handle at hodgepodge podcast and blog at mommy's big red monster truck and at Allison Clack. Her website is https semicolon forward slash forward slash hodgepodge by allisonclack.com forward slash. Allison is an award-winning children's travel and adventure picture book. Mommy's Big Red Monster Truck is available on amazon.com. The book's description reads, Every kid knows that mommies are the greatest. They feed us and take care of us and love us with all their hearts. But did you know they are also cool? One little boy sure does. His mommy drives a big red monster truck and it's awesome sounds like an awesome story definitely to read to a kid and another great surprise allison's from right here in north carolina that's right fayetteville north carolina is her home and you can learn all about her on the amazon.com's author profile if it's another world or other world that you would like to visit then visit naomi jackson also on instagram this library lover's book is about a young woman who's desperately tired of being bedridden she She wishes she could go on an adventure, and every night a ticket appears on her pillow. Train 627 is departing the garden shed at midnight, or so it appears. The destination? Otherworld. To learn more about Otherworld, visit that book on Amazon.com and Naomi at linktr.ee forward slash Naomi Jackson writes. Here's another great children's author that I ran across on Instagram and me and her have sort of been trading likes back and forth. Her name is at J.A. underscore Inman. J.A. Inman is a children's writer. Her website is titled jainman.com where she does talk about her other love besides writing and who could blame her? It's food and I totally love it. She also writes a little bit of flash fiction there so you'll definitely want to check out J.A. Inman on Instagram. If you're a dog lover or an animal lover in general then check 
check out Rachel Gage underscore author on Instagram. She writes children's books, and one of her books is called The Fantastic Pups, and it is available on Amazon.com. The book description reads, Ivy, Duke, and Sunny are three adorable pups with big dreams. When a fun day at the beach turns into a daring rescue, they work together to save the day, learning what it means to be fantastic. And Rachel also illustrated this book. So she didn't only write it, but she drew the pictures and they look adorable <laughs> from here, honestly. So give them a look. It is called The Fantastic Pups. Coming up next, we have some very special guests with us and they're going to be talking about their book, Stand, the hooded book one. It's in paperback and it is available on Amazon.com. These guys have an amazing story when it comes to publishing this book. So you're going to want to stick around to hear them and our announcement for the next writer of the week right here this writing corner wednesday We're back with our very special guest and co-authors of the book Stand, Francis Booker and Michael Ragusa. Thank you both so much for being here and being part of the podcast this evening. Go ahead and introduce yourselves to everyone. Uh, hi guys, uh, I'm Francis Booker. And I'm Michael Ragusa. Tell listeners where it is that you're from. Yeah, so we live about 45 minutes away from each other. We're both in Connecticut. I'm in uh, Norwalk and he's up the line a little bit in a town called Richfield. Is there anything special about the area where you live or anything that it's well known for? We're known for, I guess, a lot of stuff that I see around here is like Revolutionary War stuff. A lot of, one of the original 13 colonies, so there's a lot of signage about old Revolutionary War generals and battles and stuff around here. So I, that's a big thing around here right now. What genre do you write? Yeah, so we write young adult fantasy, mostly. Tell us about your book and how listeners can find it. Yeah, so Stand is about, like I said earlier, young adult fantasy about a kingdom called Ragostia. And it's about a young boy named Damon, who is the younger brother of a war hero. He's kind of stuck in his older brother's shadow until one day when his older brother betrays the kingdom and tries to kill the king. And suddenly he's left trying to scramble to pick up the pieces and restore his reputation and figure out why his brother would betray the kingdom. It's available right now on Amazon. You can read it digitally. You can get the paperback and it's free if you have Kindle Unlimited. How long did it take for you to write this book? So we started the original draft in 2014, I think. So a long time ago. And then we gave up on it, kind of came back to it, gave up, went back and forth like that for a couple of years. And then we tried one kind of last push in the beginning of 2019. And it took us throughout the rest of that year to publish it. And it came out December 2019. It was uh, it was quite a process. We originally were trying to write a book years ago, and we actually like took turns writing a chapter. Like, well, I'd write a chapter, he'd write a chapter, and that didn't end up working. And so what we ended up doing with this book is Francis ended up typing up the actual manuscript. We would just work on the plot. Like we were talking about, okay, this is happening in this chapter, and we would kind of sort it out, and then he would type it up. What inspires you to write? What gets you in that writing mood? One of the things that really inspires me to write is that sometimes I will be looking for kind of a new story and I'll be interested in, you know, reading or watching something and I won't be able to find anything that really interests me. Um, and so that's kind of one of the big driving forces for me is just to write something that I wish someone else had written that I could read, kind of to be that kind of creative force. I know for me, I have to be alone. I can't be near around any, any other people. For me, I can kind of write wherever because I always listen to music when I write and I just kind of 
block out the entire outside world, so kind of where I am doesn't matter too much. We all know authors ourselves have our own favorite authors, novelists, etc. Who is one of your favorites, Francis? So for me, I think it might actually be uh, Will White. He's the author of the Cradle series. Um, I, I love his work. And what about you, Michael? Who's your favorite author? So right now, my favorite author is uh, Michael Corda. He writes, I, I read a lot of like nonfiction, historical nonfiction, and I just finished one of his books called Alone. It was about the early part of World War II, and I just ordered another book of his about kind of a few months later. And I love the way he writes. He goes back and forth between his life and the actual events of what he's writing about, and I love how he does that. So he's probably my favorite author right now. Okay, so I'm dying to know, have you guys ever written outside of your genre? I haven't really written too much outside of fantasy in general. I've written some kind of more urban fantasy. There was a time I briefly wrote kind of a fantasy romance novella, but none of those have ever been published. But they were fun to attempt. Thank you, Francis. What about you, Michael? Have you ever attempted to write outside of your genre? The book that we wrote together is a little more fantasy-like. I attempted to write more... I didn't actually come out with it. I stopped the process of it, but I was attempting to write a fiction book that took place about 20, 30 years ago. And it was a little bit of kind of like a, a mystery genre, a fiction book. I stopped writing that just because like, I didn't really like the way it went, but that's, I like to write in that way as well, too. Okay, so I just have to ask, what was it like having each other as co-authors for this book? And who would you say are or is your biggest supporters in your writing? I actually didn't even consider writing any book or any novel, anything like that. But when I talked to Francis about it, when he first brought it up to me, that's what kind of really drove me into it. And I, I've liked it ever since then. Yeah, so I think we've been pretty fortunate when it comes to kind of a support system. I mean, having a co-author, first of all, was uh, huge for that because, you know, I always had somebody that I could go and talk to these ideas out with. My family's been pretty supportive uh, overall as well. You know, a lot of my siblings love the stuff I've put out and my cousin in particular is kind of my go-to editor. Same for me like, when it comes to Francis, uh, it's great to have just somebody that knows literally exactly what, what you're going through when it comes to thinking about ideas, because we're both kind of on the same wavelength in that way. Also, but my family too as well. When it comes to like my parents looking for, my mom looking for opportunities to get the word out about it or telling friends about it and stuff like that. So that's been a huge help too as well. Speaking of community, I know that communities can be and can have a big impact on a local author. Have you guys done anything inside of your own communities to help market and promote your book stand? Yeah, so we were doing a lot of that kind of stuff right before the quarantine all uh, shut a lot of that stuff down. But we had a lot of awesome support. We were doing talks at one point where we were kind of going to local bookstores, schools, and kind of giving talks to creative writing clubs. While I was in school, I was in a part of a creative writing club that was really supportive, helping me do edits, all that kind of stuff. And then we've kind of had some kind of local members of the community that have uh, helped talk us through stuff and guide us through the process. What is something you like to do in your spare time? That's tough. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a student right now, and right now I'm, I'm studying like medicine. I say I'm a big fan of um, jigsaw puzzles, actually. I, I always thought they're very relaxing. What about you, Michael? What is something that you enjoy doing in your spare time? And are you taking any kind of courses right now like Francis? I'm actually in I'm business I'm in my senior year of college. So that's it's just a lot of work. But other than that, you know, when I do have my free time, but I like I like to watch a lot of like documentaries about like history and stuff like that. And I just kind of I find myself reading a lot of like articles on history. I'm very into kind of historical nonfiction, even when it's not writing, whether it's reading or watching stuff like that. Stand is the first novel that you've co-authored together. Will you be co-authoring another book? And if so, will it be a sequel to Stand? 
Yeah, so Stand is actually the first in a trilogy, so we are uh, working on book two right now, and we're hoping that it'll come out sometime early 2021, uh, though we haven't set an exact release date yet, and then it's going to flow into a third sequel. What advice would you give to indie writers who are considering publishing themselves? So uh, when it comes to like just advice, it's just to keep writing like nonstop. Like I remember that was a big thing. And just kind of just keep your nose to it, even when you don't think it's going well. Again, I think it's something that Francis told me kind of indirectly is that uh, the blank page is one of the most intimidating things you can come across. And it's better just to write and kind of once you get your brain flowing. And I know for me, when I'm writing even just an essay for school or a paper, it's the first bit, the first intro, the first paragraph that really blocks me up. Once I get through that, I feel like I can really get going. And same thing when it goes to writing a book is I feel like once you can get moving, once you can get off that blank screen, you can really start moving along and writing something that flows. Thank you both so much for taking the time to answer our questions. And now we're going to hear an exclusive excerpt from Stand by author Francis Booker and co-author Michael Ragusa. Reading the excerpt will be Francis Booker. Jump ahead to just chapter four, just because I think that's kind of a more interesting little segment to read. This is a scene of the main character, Damon, coming back home right as soon as he's about to find out that his brother was declared a traitor. Uh, he put the matter out of his mind and slowly approached his house. Oddly, there were no people on the street near it at all. Damon opened the door, calling, Hey, Cyril, any idea what's gotten into everyone? He stopped dead when he stepped inside. There were three hooded standing in his living room. Two had their hoods up, so he couldn't tell who they were, but the last was Commander Winters. His face was restrained, with aged lines around his eyes that weren't there last night. In the middle of the triangle was Cyril, sitting on the couch, eyes wide and blank. Is something wrong? Damon asked, slowly approaching Commander Winters. Before he could take a second step, the other two hooded leapt forwards. The first slammed the door shut, while the other pulled Damon into the middle of the room, disarming his blunted weapons in a single fluid motion. I'm sorry, Damon, but it's a necessary precaution, Commander Winters said, as Damon was thrown onto the couch next to Cyril. What's going on, he demanded, not liking the secrecy and tense atmosphere. Something bad must be going on if they sent three hooded to his house. Did something happen? So you haven't heard anything, Commander Winters asked, bending down to look Damon in the eyes. The commander's eyes methodically scanned over Damon, making him remember what Ander had said about the hooded interrogations. According to his brother, the commander was taking in everything from his heart rate, respiratory rate, posture, and direction he was looking. When Damon shook his head, Commander Winters spoke slowly. It's about Ander. Damon's heart stopped. No, that's not impossible. Nothing could have happened to Ander. He's supposed to be one of the strongest hooded in the world. He clung to that thought, for there were too many others that he couldn't shake off. The tense atmosphere in the city, as if they had just lost a hero, sending Hooded to speak to the family, and powerful ones in case they were the next target. Could Ander really? Is he okay? He's alive, Commander Winters replied, constrained, still taking in Damon's every response. Damon breathed a heavy sigh of relief. As long as Ander was alive, everything would be okay, no matter what happened. The powerful urge to find his brother overtook him, but he held it back, knowing he couldn't get out of the room with so many Hooded, even if he fought tooth and nail. What happened to him? He didn't say anything to you last night, did he? We talked for a while. What does that have to do with anything? Did he talk about missions? Or any work that he was going to do today or last night? He apparently called for a meeting with King Varnick last night, but they didn't say what they were going to discuss. Commander Winter's overly formal method of questioning was starting to get uncomfortable. Commander Winter stood up and let out a frustrated growl, although he seemed satisfied with Damon's answers. He leaned over to the two hooded next to him. They didn't know anything, he whispered. It looks like he kept them in the dark. What happened to my brother? Damon tried again. Commander Winters turned to the boy. A moment ago, he looked ready to tear the boy apart, but now his, his eyes softened. He pursed his lips like it was painful to speak. Last night, he began, reciting what sounded like an official briefing. At approximately 0100 hours, inside the main palace throne room, 
Ender Red attempted to assassinate King Varnick. Leave it there in case people would like to get a copy and uh, continue on. Hey, Michael, Francis, thank you guys so much for being here this evening and for that exclusive excerpt from your book stand. Looking forward to book two. Now I'm going to have to go get book one because Francis left us all on a cliffhanger. (laughs) Anyway, these guys are on social media. You can follow them and you can also follow them on YouTube and Facebook. That's right. There's a hooded group on Facebook and I did check it out. You can check it out too. All of their links are in their blog article from this morning and also above in this podcast information section. Before I sign off, I just want to remind everyone that October is going to kick off our Mental Health Awareness Month on the podcast and on the blog. We are going to be featuring mental health guest bloggers. Our very first one is Dara Sabo, and you will get to hear all about Dara Sabo and her journey, her own mental health journey, on Monday morning at 8 a.m. on the blog. The podcast will be right back here on October the 10th at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll be speaking to Allegheny Lives President Julia Simmons and Linda Simmons, who are bringing hope to our community through books. That's it for me this Writing Corner Wednesday. We hope our children's authors and books, especially Stand, has inspired you to write some fantastic books yourselves this weekend or even go check one out. And that's it for me this Writing Corner Wednesday. Thank you guys so much for being here. And thank you to our Writing Corner Wednesday authors, poets, storytellers, and authors for being here. Be sure to check back in with us every second and fourth Saturday of the month for full episodes and interviews of other authors from various social media platforms from Twitter to Facebook to Instagram. And don't forget if you'd like a shout out or to participate in Writing Corner Wednesday or become one of our Writers of the Week, all you have to do is visit visit my blog page and drop your information in the contact section. Have a good weekend, everyone, and I hope you'll join me for our next episode of the Writing Wall podcast.